जय राधा माधवा कुंज विहारी जय राधा कुंज विहारी जय गोपी जन्ना बल्लाबिवार दारी जय गोपी जन्ना बल्लाबिवार दारी यशोदानंदन ब्रजजन रंजन यशोदानंदन ब्रजजन यशोदानंदन ब्रजजन रंजन यशोदानंदन ब्रजजन यमुनातीरावन छी मुनातीरावन चारी मुनातीरावन जय राधा माधवा कुंज विहारी जय राधवा कुंज विहारी माधवा कुंज विहारी जय गोपी जन बलबिवर धारी गोपी जन जय गोपी जन बलबिवर धारी गिरिवर यशोदानंदन ब्रज जन रंजन यशोदानंदन यशोदानंदन ब्रज जन रंजन यशोदानंदन ब्रज यमुनातीरावन चारी मुनातीरावन यमुनातीरावन चारी यमुना जय राधा माधवा कुंज विहारी जय राधा माधवा कुंज जय राधा माधवा कुंज विहारी जय राधा माधवा 
जय राधा माधवा कुंज विहारी जय राधा माधवा कुंज विहारी जय विष्णुपाल प्रणमाता प्रवीजा कचार्य सुश्रा श्रीमद स्वाइन ग्रेस श्री ए सी भक्ति वेदांत स्वामी प्रभुपाद की प्रेम से खो श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैतार श्रीवासिदी गौर भक्त वृंद की निताय गौर प्रेमानंदे ऑल क्लोरिस टू डिसम्बल डिवोरीज ऑल क्लोरिस टू डिसम्बल डिवोरीज ऑल क्लोरिस टू डिसम्बल डिवोरीज ऑल क्लोरिस टू श्री श्री गुरु एंड गौरंगा ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय टुडे वी आर रीडिंग फ्रॉम श्रीमद भागवतम कैंटो सेवन चैप्टर टेन टेक्स्ट नंबर फोर चैप्टर टेन इज कॉल्ड प्रहलाद द बेस्ट अमंग एग्जॉल्टेड डिवोरीज नान्यथाते अखिला गुरो कथेता करुणात्मना यस्ता शिषा आस्ते नृत्या सवैवनिक नान्यथाते अखिला गुरो कथेता करुणात्मना यस्ताशिषाशास्तेनाशाभृत्यासवैवनेकनाथमनायस्ताशिषाशास्तेनाशाभृत्यासवैवनेक
वैष्णवीस ियेशन Kateta, such a thing can happen. Karuna Atmana, the supreme person who is extremely kind to his devotees. Yaha, any person who te from you, Ashisha, material benefits, Ashaste, desires. in exchange for serving you na not saha such a person brittaha a servitor saha such a person why indeed vanik a merchant who wants to get material profit from his business translation otherwise oh my lord o supreme instructor of the entire world you are so kind to your devotee that you could not induce him to do something unbeneficial for him on the other hand one who desires some material benefit in exchange for devotional service cannot be your pure devotee indeed he is no better than a merchant who wants profit in exchange for service please repeat after me otherwise oh my lord O supreme instructor of the entire world you are so kind to your devotee that you do not induce him to do something unbeneficial for him on the other hand one who desires some material benefit in exchange for devotional service cannot be your pure devotee indeed he is no better than a merchant who wants profit in exchange for service purport it is sometimes found that one comes to a devotee or a temple of the lord just to get some material benefit such a person is described here as a mercantile man Bhagavad Gita speaks of artho jigyasur artharthi the word artha refers to one who is physically distressed and artharthi refers to one in need of money 
Such persons are forced to approach the Supreme Personality of Godhead for mitigation of their desires or to get some money by the benediction of the Lord. They have been described as Sukriti, pious, because in their distress or need for money, they have approached the Supreme Personality of Godhead. However, although a pious man may receive some material benefit, one who is concerned with material benefits cannot be a pure devotee. When a pure devotee receives material opulences, this is not because of his pious activity, but for the service of the Lord. When one is engaged in devotional service, one is automatically pious. Therefore, a pure devotee is Anya Bhilashita Shunyam. He has no desire for material profit, nor does he sorry, nor does the Lord induce him to try to profit materially. When a devotee needs something, the Supreme Personality of Godhead supplies it. Yoga Kshemam Vahamiyaham. Some materialists go to a temple to offer flowers and fruit to the Lord because they have learned from Bhagavad Gita that if a devotee offers some flowers and fruits, the Lord accepts them. In Bhagavad Gita 9.26, the Lord says, Patram Pushpam Phalam Toyam Yome Bhakta Prayachati Tadaham Bhakti Upahirtam Ashnami Prayatatmana Quote, if one offers me with love and devotion a leaf, a flower, fruit or water, I will accept it. End quote. Thus a man with a mercantile mentality thinks that if he can get some material benefit, like a large amount of money, simply by offering a little fruit or flower, this is good business. Such persons are not accepted as pure devotees. But because their desires are not purified, they are still mercantile men, even, they go to, even though they go to temples to make a show of being devotees. Only when one is freed, fully freed from material desires can one be purified. And only in that purified state can one serve the Lord. This is the pure devotional platform. Om Gyanati Mandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshur Unmultam Yanatas Mai Shri Gurave Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadada Shri Vasadi Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So the message in today's verse is do not be a mercantile devotee. Here we can see the, the Lord offered Prahlad Maharaj benedictions. So after Prahlad had offered very wonderful prayers, uh, after that entire pastime, where Lord Nashimadev appeared from the pillar and he killed her in Hiranyakashipu. And then Prahlad Maharaj, the demigods brought, asked Prahlad Maharaj to pacify the Lord. So he offered these prayers. The Lord was pacified and he offered Prahlad Maharaj any benediction he wanted. And now these series of verses, they follow, where uh, Prahlad Maharaj is saying, actually, I don't need anything uh, from you. So here we can see that uh, there's different kinds, different levels of devotees, right? We see there's uh, different levels of devotees who approach Krishna or who practice bhakti.
So in the, we, are in the, we are here in the material world because we want to independently enjoy from Krishna. That's why we are here. Um, the jiva has fallen down to independently enjoy from Krishna, to try to think that we can be the Supreme Lord. So in the material world we go about um, trying to satisfy our desires uh, independent of the Lord. So it is a, it is a pious person uh, who approaches Krishna. We see not everyone even goes to God. These days it is becoming um, less and less as, as with the progress of Kali Yuga people are becoming more and more impious. Prabhupada in the Bhagavatam, in the first canto, he says, in one of the beginning purports to the verses, he says that um, these days more and more temples and churches are being converted for other purposes because people have stopped going. Here we can see so many churches have converted to pubs or apartments or businesses, right? So people have stopped going because um, people are thinking, what's the point of going to church or a mosque or temple if I can, by my own endeavor, I can get something. So I don't need to go. But most people, uh, most people perform re uh, religion from a material, uh, with a material motivation, and that is material relig religiosity, right? So people perform, most people in the world perform material religiosity. Om Jai Jagadish Hare. Um, so they're, they're calling the name of Jagadish, but uh, to satisfy their desires. So this is the mercantile transactional mentality that is being uh, spoken of here. So recently I was, um, yeah, I was at, a, at some big function in the Diwali celebration, the, the state Diwali celebration by the Premier. And there, they were to begin um, the function. They, had, they did a Lakshmi Puja. So there was a big Lakshmi Puja. There was the deities of demigods there. The Premier was there. And then some priests, uh, they, they did you know, Lakshmi Puja. So generally, the, I could see the people in the audience um, they were chanting those prayers with the material motivation. So uh, they were asking for benedictions and material prosperity. And I couldn't see people praying for pure devotion to the Lord. So we can see that people approach God for um, a material motivation. That is very common. And, and that's why demigod worship is so prominent in India. And even here we see, so sometimes so many kirtans happening, people are chanting the prayers of demigods, or some concocted mantras, there's names of demigods being called, and, and the names of demigods are being invoked, so they can be happy. You know, this, so I, no, whatever makes you happy. Like in the West people say, okay, you go to temple, you go to Krishna, that's fine, whatever makes you happy. So in, in, in that way, people also approach the demigods to see, okay, I'll approach the demigods. Yeah, I'll go to Kethan and say the names of demigods. If that makes me happy, it's fine. But they're not going there to please the demigods, right? Or to, we, we approach Krishna 
to please Krishna. That is the motivation of a devotee. So there's three kinds of devotees. There's Kanishta, Madhyam, and Uttama, Bhakta, right? There's three, three levels of devotees. So a Kanishta devotee is concerned with a lot of rituals, you know, ritualistic ceremonies. Uh, a Kanishta Adhikari is about going to temple. They see God only in the temple. And they are very concerned with the rituals. <coughs> rituals should be paka, maybe, some, some of them. Uh, and they also approach Krishna, they do all the pujas uh, to, to get something in return. Whether it's a you know, nice family, get a nice wife, car, bungalow, a lot of properties, good children, a lot of wealth, and nice birth in the future. And when Krishna talks about this in the second chapter, 42, 43 verse, he says that, Right? He says, the men recite the flowery words of the Vedas in order to get material benedictions. So the Kanishta Adhikari approaches Krishna with that attitude. And then Krishna also says in the Bhagavad Gita, Chatur Vidha Bhajante Maam, as quoted here, Jana Sukritino Arjuna, Artho Artharthi Jigyasur, Artho Jigyasur Artharthi Gyani Cha Bharatarshaba. So uh, the one who's in distress, Artha, right? In distress. Who approached here, who approached Krishna out of material distress? Anyone in this room? No? Okay. <laughs> Maybe your jigyasus all. <laughs> so we approach Krishna from one of these four platforms, right? Artha, either distressed, inquisitive. Who was distressed? Who? I was distressed. Uh, who was, who wanted money? A lot of money. Okay, one honest person. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, money, right? And who was inquisitive? Anyone inquisitive? Yeah, many inquisitive people also wanted to know what is, what is all this bhakti about? What is God about? Why are they chanting in the streets? I've always wondered what's there in the Bhagavad Gita, in the Vedas. So, inquisitive, not necessarily a desire to serve, but just, just curious, just curious to know what's, what's there, what's in it. Uh, and then, there is the uh, one who is searching for the knowledge of the Absolute. Right, that's the, the Jnani. Okay, so we have that also. One who is searching for the knowledge of the Absolute. So, there's, these are the four types of people who approach Krishna out of Sukriti. It is mentioned here, the Krishna is saying that these people are pious because it requires a degree of piety which is generated from faith in previous lifetimes by doing some, you know, pious activity. So they have approached Krishna in previous lifetimes in one uh, form or the other and they have rendered some service, either, you know, knowingly or unknowingly. Either that good fortune was, you know, they had done some service or some devotees had created their good fortune. Either way, they have, here they have approached Krishna and out of piety. And then these people are very pious. And then there's the four types of people who also don't approach Krishna. But they're not pure devotees because um, pure devotional service 
as it is stated in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu and also as quoted in the purport here, Anya Bilashita Shunyam Gyana Karma Karmadi Anavritam Anukulyena Krishnanu Shilanam Bhakti Uttama. So pure devotional service is rendered to Krishna without any material motivation. It doesn't end and it is rendered favorably. So that is the definition of pure devotional service. It is rendered favorably without any motivation and it doesn't cease. So there's these three uh, qualities. So that is um, pure devotional service. And there's so many people who have approached Krishna with material motivation and they've been purified. Right? So in any circumstance, we should approach Krishna. Um, though it not, might not be the highest platform, but in approaching Krishna, in due course of time, we will get purified if there is sufficient contact. So the mercy of the devotees is uh, they create facilities for people to come in contact with Krishna regardless of their motivation. That's why Prabhupada established these temples like this um, Melbourne Mahaprabhu Mandir is established for people to come here and get purified over a period of time in the association of devotees and in the association of devotional service. So when they do that, they keep coming here. If they come sufficiently, by hearing, uh, by having prasadam, by chanting, and just by being in the company of devotees who are seriously engaged in devotional service, there will be a transformation of heart. So there's the example of Dhruva Maharaj, right? Dhruva Maharaj, he, he was offended by his stepmother, as you all know the pastime. And then he wanted, uh, he wanted revenge. So he wanted a kingdom greater, uh, much greater than his father's. Yeah, even grandfather's. So even greater than Brahma's. So with that motivation, strong desire, and only being five years old, very young, he was directed by his mother, um, mother or Narada? Mother, to go to the forest. And there Narada Muni told him to worship the Lord, the Supreme Lord. So he engaged in great tapasya in <coughs> chanting mantras to approach Vishnu. And when Vishnu finally appeared in front of him, his desire to have so much wealth and a kingdom greater than his grandfather's, who happened to be Brahma, um, that desire got transformed and purified. So he, say, he said that all this is like broken pieces of glass. You know, sometimes you're walking on the street and you see some glass that is broken, it holds no value. Or even if you might have something very valuable, like a, a glass artifact, but when it breaks, right, it has no value, right? You just scoop it up, throw it in the bin. You might lament about it, <laughs> regret it broke. You know, my, some beautiful piece, it fell down, it broke. Um, but then it has not much value, unless it's like made out of you know, gold won't break like that. Yeah, so, so you just throw it away. So in the same way, Dhruva Maharaj said, like, all what I was aspiring for, all the things that are very dear to us, you know, we all are aspiring for wealth, fame, beauty, um, <coughs> facility, 
all these things, they became very insignificant for Dhruva. He said, like, this is like broken pieces of glass. And I'm not, I'm not interested in this. So that, that, is the, that is the power of devotional service. It can transform one, and one can get something much better. And because one gets something much better, um, that becomes what, what, what um, we had, what our aspirations were before, they become very insignificant, pale in comparison to, to, the, um, to devotional service, to bhakti. And then there's also the example of the four Kumaras, right? So the four Kumaras, one time, they wanted to go to Vaikuntha, right? They, want, they wanted to go there. So they, they went, um, they wanted to see Vishnu, they were curious. They went there and then they were checked by the doorkeepers, Jai and Vijay. They were, they were not happy about it. So they, they cursed Jai and Vijay to fall down in the material world. And then all this happened um, and then the Lord understood what's happening and then he came there in front with this consort. And then and the, the four Kumaras had an impersonalist viewpoint. So when they came in front of the Lord, or when the Lord came in front of them, and they saw the Lord, um, they could smell the aroma of the tulsi, right, and, and the saffron from Krishna's lotus feet. So simply by seeing the form of the Lord and smelling the tulsi and the saffron from his lotus feet, they became, they became devotees. So, so they became devotees. We can see that is the power of devotional service. So the Kumaras, though they had an impersonalist viewpoint, um, but because they were not offensive in heart, they, they didn't bear any offensive mentality, uh, they, their transformation happened like that. So they became, they became pure devotees. So we can see that's approaching Krishna but became purified in the process. So, so in the Bhagavatam, there's that verse, Akama Sarva Kamova Moksha Kama Udharadi, right? Tivrena Bhakti Yogena Yajeta Purusham Param. So, Akama, one who has no material desires. Akama Sarva Kama. Sarva Kama means one who is full of material desires. Like us, maybe me, I can speak about me, myself. So like full of material desires, or no material desires. Tivrena Bhakti Yoga, Moksha Kama Udharadi, one who desires Moksha Kama, one who desires liberation. So regardless of one's motivation, if one approaches Krishna with Tivrena, with great focus, then um, we become purified. So we must worship the Supreme Lord with full focus, like karmis are engaged in their material ambitions with full focus, right? Some people, we can see, they have so much focus, laser-pointed focus. And they, when you're focused, you can't see anything around you. Like Arjuna was focused on the eye of the fish, right? He had to shoot the eye of the fish in the eyeball. 
while looking in the water. And the water was also moving. So, but he had full focus, he couldn't see anything else. So with that focus, um, if we approach Krishna, then we will get purified in due course of time. So, so that is the power of bhakti. The power of bhakti is such, it can transform anyone from the lowest platform and bring one to the highest platform. So even if one is in the depths of the mode of ignorance, they can also be purified. There's the example of Jagai and Madai, right? Jagai and Madai were in, in the mode of ignorance, uh, heavy ignorance, killing people, raping, stealing, doing all kinds of things, taking intoxicants, drugs. But due to the mercy of, of the Lord and devotees, they were, they were purified. So we can see that uh, we, we devotees are, are purified. And even Ajamil, Ajamil just took the name of the Lord. He didn't take the name of the Lord out of pure bhakti. He was just remembering his son, whose name happened to be Narayan. Yeah, whose name happened to be Narayan, which he kept. You know, it was, it's a pious society. Back then, everyone kept the names of the Lord as, as their children's names, as is still in India, as many places. So he just called the name of the Lord, but uh, and then he got purified because he wasn't, you know, offensive. So he he got he got purified. That that is the power of devotional service, and and that's the power of sadhana bhakti. So by engaging in the rules and regulations of devotional service, um, Prabhupada gave us chanting of sixteen rounds of the Maha Mantra and following the four regulative principles. So by doing this um, in the association of devotees, then that leads to purification of the heart. And by sharing Krishna consciousness with the world, that leads to rapid purification. As my spiritual master says, that is transformation through distribution. So by distribution of Krishna consciousness, that leads to transformation of the heart. It leads to rapid transformation of the heart. That is the quick way of being transformed by sharing Krishna consciousness with others because that is something which is very dear to the Lord because that is the purpose of the Lord, Lord's descent to the material world. So the entire, entire material world is created to facilitate the transformation of the jiva. That's the purpose of the material, that's the ultimate purpose of the material world, to transform the, the conditioned mentality of the living entity. Like I give this example many times. Like the ultimate purpose of a prison is to transform the inmate. Right? Yeah, the prison is there for punishment, but the transformation is happening through the medium of punishment. So the ultimate purpose of the material world is for the transformation or reformation of the living entity from 
from a karmi to a to a bhakta or bha right that that's the purpose of the material world and for that purpose krishna descends in the material world he's there as the three vishnus sitting in the heart ashira dakshai vishnu this garbha dakshai vishnu karna dakshai vishnu so as through the vishnus he's facilitating the entire creation and then krishna appears he says yada yada dharmasya right he says i come at millennium after millennium so krishna comes millennium after millennium to to uh, reclaim the the conditioned souls so krishna is coming and then krishna sends his devotees like prabhupad came and before prabhupad in the line of prabhupad so many devotees have come different sampradayas also in different religions he's coming to to reclaim the jiva so if we if we assist the acharyas and our predecessors and our spiritual masters in um in spreading krishna consciousness then that leads to uh that leads to rapid transformation or purification because we we approach krishna through the devotees we don't directly approach krishna we cannot directly approach krishna we can only approach krishna through his loving devotees and then they have to recommend us so the devotees have to recommend us so we that's why we take shelter of the devotees and we try to please them and the best way to please them is by sharing krishna consciousness or whatever you know specific instruct personal instruction is given to us so by by doing that um we please we please them and then when they are pleased by their pleasure the lord is also pleased and in that way um we are benedicted with spiritual um benedictions and that leads to the purification of the heart so that is the process regardless of whatever motivation um we approach the lord with so then here why is lord nashima dev um offering prahlad maharaj benedictions is he trying to tempt him you know sometimes um you know the police when they want to um uh, what's the word they want to frame someone they'll they'll approach you know okay can i buy some drugs off you and then they give them a lot of money uh, they try to uh, i forgot the word if they want to entrap someone they put a lot of you know temptations in front of them and then if the person falls for hey say look we arrested you you are you you are uh, you're a criminal sting operation yeah you know they and they say you're a criminal so is, is lord nishimar dev trying to do something like that he's tempting pralad maharaj with ask whatever you want imagine if we were given that benediction just ask whatever you want what would you ask krishna prem yes most intelligent some people might ask okay can you can you give me a lot of wealth or a really good job or give me a house in albert park <laughs> a big one also not a small one on dank street <laughs> on the on that side a big one 
<laughs> Can you give me that? Uh, so, no, but Prahlad Maharaj, so he, Lord Nishimadev asked him, what do you want? Just ask me anything you want. But he did not. So why does the Lord offer devotees what might seem like material benedictions? As it is said in the purport, that Krishna offers, if when Krishna is offering material things to devotees, that is to, for a pure devotee, is to facilitate their service. So that's how we should see it. If there's any distress, if we are under distress, you know, if we're in a distressful situation, if life throws some big challenges at us, then you can think, this is due to my karma. Due to my karma, I've only got a token reaction of my karma. Maybe I was meant to lose my arm, I've just got a scratch. So you can, you can take it in that way. So that is, we all have karma, right? It's not that you've worn a tilak and dhoti, now suddenly your karma has gone away. You're, you're, you're a Vishnu Duta, you know. <laughs> it's not like that. We, we, have, we have a lot of desires and we have karma. So that any, any suffering we're going through, a devotee sees it as a token reaction from Krishna. And that is also a benediction because that token reaction will bring the devotee closer to Krishna. So we should, we should use that distress as an opportunity to go further in bhakti. Rather than thinking, why is it happening to me? Um, I've, I've been a devotee for so many years. I've come for you know, X number of Mangalartis. I've chanted so many thousands of mantras. Every day we chant like 17, 60, something like that, mantras, right? 16 rounds. I've chanted thousands, tens of thousands of maha mantras. I've done so much service, selfless service. Why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this crisis? Health crisis or family crisis, relationship crisis. Why is this happening to me? So that's because it is happening because of our karma. And this is Krishna's, this is Krishna's way of purifying us. And also we should take it in that way. And then use that to come closer to Krishna. To think, okay, now I need to take shelter of the Lord so I can come closer to you and render service in, in these circumstances. How I, can, how I can remember you more. So a devotee takes distress in that way. And if any benedictions come, if any material happiness comes, what's, what looks like material happiness, maybe a promotion or wealth or um, you know, some very good relationship, anything like that comes, take it as Krishna's mercy also. This is, this is Krishna giving me this facility, this comfortable circumstances, favorable winds, so I can be more comfortably situated to render service to the Lord. So in distress and happiness, what, what is so seemingly like distress and happiness, uh, a devotee uses that to render service to the Lord. So for a devotee, it doesn't matter whether it's hell or heaven or a favorable or unfavorable circumstance. For a devotee, in either case, they approach the Lord.
might be more challenging when we are in distress, but still it's possible. So we can see like, you know, there's this outbreak of war over the world. There's the Ukraine conflict in Israel also, right? Israel, Palestine, and there's devotees there in these situations. Some are even in the military, or some have been drafted. Uh, so we can see like, um, and devotees also live in these cities, and they're also under distress. But they, uh, a devotee who is strong in bhakti will approach Krishna in this circumstance. And their absorption, remembrance of the Lord will even become stronger. So they see that as a benediction. <coughs> so Prabhupada, um, Prabhupada said, like for, de for a devotee, anything that comes is the mercy of the Lord. And as it's stated here, In 9.22, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Ananyas chintayanto maam ye jana paryapasate tesham nitya bhiyukta naam yogakshemam vahamiyaham. Krishna says, those who worship me, with exclusive devotion, meditating on my transcendental form, to them I carry what they lack and I preserve what they have. So, so all, any benedictions that are coming to us, that is Krishna giving it us, giving it to us, to for us to progress in our bhakti. Right. So that is a gift. And there's this lecture by Śrīla Prabhupāda where he makes this point. I'll just read it out. So Prabhupada says, this is a lecture given in London, August 28, 1973. He says, if you take to these principles of devotional service, you gradually understand what is Krishna, and Krishna will provide you everything. Yogak shemam vahamiyaham. Krishna says, tesham satata yukta nam. If you are actually engaged in the service of Krishna, all your necessities will be supplied by Krishna. How it will be supplied? Krishna says, Aham Vahami, I personally carry all the necessities to the house of the devotee. So actually we don't need to worry. If you are rendering service, if you are rendering bhakti, our material necessities are taken care of. We are under so much stress and anxiety that, you know, what will happen to my job? or my business, but actually Krishna arranges, Krishna arranges your maintenance. Maybe not in the way you desire, but definitely devotees are not going hungry. Krishna says, Aham Vahami, I personally carry all the necessities to the house of the devotee. I personally carry. There is a big history how he personally carries. But he hasn't got to do personally. Parashya Shaktir Vividhaiva Shruyate. His energy is so, I mean to say, acute. That Krishna, if he wants to supply you, it does not appear that Krishna has personally come, but you will understand that supply is so. I mean to say, surprisingly supplied, that you will understand how Krishna supplied. 
You will be surprised when you are in need of something. In London, it was so happened. When we established the, the Bari place deity, on the three days before, the deity which I ordered from Krishna, it did not arrive. Th three days before. And I was so much full of anxiety. That is, that where to get it? We are arranging, we are issuing invitation cards, and there's no deity. So there was a temple opening ceremony, but there's no deities. <laughs> <laughs> and and the invitations have been sent out. This is one problem. There's no deity. <laughs> Where is the installation? But yes, but you'll be surprised to know that some Indian gentlemen came just on the three days before. Sir, we have got a deity. You can take it. Jai. So Mukunda and myself went, immediately brought the deity, and nobody knew this afterwards, but we got surprisingly. So Krishna is so kind, if you are actually sincere to the service of Krishna, then he has got agents everywhere. Sarvata Pani Padam Tat Bhagavad Gita 13.14 He has got hands and legs everywhere. Wherever he, will, wherever he will order, the things will come. Simply we have to become sincere, then everything is there. So yeah, everything is there. So Prabhupada did say, you can take over the world in 18 days. Uh, if devotees can, if they have become sincere. So we can see that everything is, is Krishna is providing. We just have to try. We just have to try. We just try to preach and then Krishna sends the facilities. Somehow it, magically it happens. We, we come across some impediments. Some impediments are thrown, like maybe, you know, neighbors giving a hard time or whatever. There's so many impediments in preaching. But then some solution also comes. Krishna gives the solution. Some, some facility comes. So the devotees, um, yes, we are in anxiety, but, uh, but Krishna sends. If the desire to preach is there, then all facilities are provided because why won't Krishna send it? He wants people to become devotees, right? That's his whole purpose of the material world, to facilitate the material world, to make people devotees. So if you're acting as his agent, if you're acting on Krishna's behalf, why won't he give you facility? You're, you're helping Krishna. You're, you're assisting Krishna in, doing, in, in fulfilling his mission. He doesn't need us, but he's giving, he wants to give us the credit and for our purification. So then all facilities come. So there's actually no, there's no shortage of facility. It's just, we just have to try. And then Krishna, Krishna makes it manifest in his magical ways. So with that, we'll end here. It's, it's past nine o'clock. Uh, do you have any questions or comments, anyone? Yes, Prabhuji.
So your question is, is So I hear your question is, is deity worship only required for the beginning stages of bhakti? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, so deity worship, Krishna appears in the form of a deity because we are impersonalists. By heart, we all are impersonalists. We don't believe in the form of Krishna, that God cannot have a form, we have a form. And we are envious of Krishna. So Krishna appears very kindly, he appears in the form of a deity. So we can understand that God is a person. And, is, and Krishna is also giving us an opportunity to render service because you can't render service to something impersonal. There's so many uh, religions where there's no deity and you go to the place of worship, there's not a lot of service. Okay, they, they might read scriptures, uh, but there's not like in much personal worship at all, right? So that comes in the form of when Krishna appears as a deity. So he, Krishna appears um, in objects that are material, but through his potency he can transform them. So that deity is, is the Lord, is non-different from the Lord. So deity worship is there in all stages of bhakti, from the most beginning to the most advanced. We can see all the acharyas, like in Vrindavan, there's the temples of the six Goswamis, the six Goswamis are not Kanishta Adhikaris. They are Uttama Adhikaris, right? Even they have engaged in deity worship. So deity worship is in all stages, not just for beginners. Um, but especially it's required for householders. Because as householders, we get very uh, busy with material affairs and we tend to forget um, and we tend, we, we tend to forget the purpose of life. So by having a deity in the home, it reminds us that Krishna is the proprietor of this house and everything is meant for his, his pleasure. So in the beginning stages of Krishna consciousness, a Kanishta Adhikari thinks my deity is best than everyone else's deity and my God is better than others. But that is a beginning level understanding. So as they progress further, they, they understand, I need to make friends with the devotees, I need to avoid the envious, I need to worship the Lord, right? So, this is, and their faith also increases. Um, so, in, in the beginning stages, uh, one just goes to the temple, I can only find God in the temple, and there's not much understanding of devotees and respect for devotees. So, one has to progress further. And even in the advanced stages of Krishna consciousness, deity worship does not cease, as I gave you some examples. Okay, thank you. Hare Krishna. Just uh, one 
question is if you don't go to other temples where demigod deities are worshipped Krishna Okay. Uh, do we run the risk of offending other demigods if, if we don't if we don't worship them anymore? Yeah. So actually, the demigods are good question. The demigods are parts and parcels of the supreme lord, right? The the demigods are just jivas who are empowered to carry out the material administrative functions. And Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita that even if the benedictions that a demigods bestow are actually bestowed by me. Krishna says that. So the demigods are not independent in bestowing Krishna their, their, their followers the benedictions. It comes from Krishna. Krishna's sanction is required. And Krishna says it is better to approach me directly. And the demigods are not offended if we approach Krishna only and we don't approach them. So if someone is going to Devta temples and they stop going and they become come here or go to other, you know, um, Krishna temple and they approach Krishna, the demigods will actually be happy. They'll be happy that you, you are approaching our master. Why will they be upset? In fact, they will be more happy. So there's nothing to fear. There's no risk of causing offense or, you know, invoking the anger. We can see the, the pastime of, uh, of the residents of Vrindavan the Govardhan pastime, they were approaching you know, Indra. Of course, Indra got upset. But generally speaking, they're, they're not upset. right? So they, they approached Indra for rain. But Krishna said, you actually approach me. Worship Govardhan, who's non-different from me. And approach me. So that's what they did. And, um, and that is better. So there's no risk of offending demigods because they are pleased. Um, when you approach Krishna directly. And they also, their purpose is to, they want to see you becoming devotees of Krishna. Hare Krishna. Prabhupada once said that during the Gora Arctic in the evening, the demigods are all, all present, actually, they attending there. Even one time in London, he instructed one probably to make a yes, a sand to put down the, somewhere in front of the right side of the deities for Lord Shiva to, to sit on when he comes there. Yeah, that's just what I heard, yeah. Yes, yeah, that's a really good point. Thanks for bringing that up. That um, the demigods are present when Arctic takes place, right? They all are there. 
So, thank you. Hare Krishna Prabhu, as um, now in association of devotees, blessed to know this philosophy, yeah, that, uh, that demigod is servant of Krishna and they are also uh, there to mm. uh, for us to help. But still that fear is there. So how to overcome, even though knowing the philosophy, but how to what, really… What's the fear? Yeah, and how to overcome it really with, with what's conviction. The, what's the fear? Fear is that if you don't worship demigods, like say in India the mentality is you go different temples, so that that culture is very ingrained, and let's as soon as like it's, uh, we have to drift from that, that fear creeps in. So mm. even though now knowing the philosophy, that fear still doesn't go away fully. So how to get rid of that fear? Yeah, fear is due to ignorance. So we mm. we are maybe not convinced of the philosophy, right? Yeah. You know the philosophy, but not convinced. So um, you, need, you need to get convinced by going deeper into it. Mm. So when we go deeper in the philosophy by reading and looking at various examples and by basically deepening your bhakti and mm -hmm. this is about, it's about a matter of increasing shraddha, faith. Mm -hmm. So we need to increase our faith in the Lord mm -hmm. by, and you can do that by helping other devotees, those, those who have strong faith. So by serving them, our faith will get strong and then those fears will go away. Wow. Jai. Yeah. So helpful. Thank you. Bro. Yes. And not be... As you become strong, then you're not worried about social conformity. Mm. You know, conforming to family, uh, tr family traditions, all those yeah. things. Because family will say, we do like this, you know, yeah. we've done like this. Correct. We will all, we'll still do like that. Yeah. So then you just have to... And sometimes also, to keep peace and give good relations, there's no harm in going to. Mm -hmm. There's no harm in going to uh, uh, other temples, right? Yeah. In fact, uh, a devotee, you can you can even still go to, you can go to so many temples uh, with your family, and you can approach the Lord, you can approach the demigods to, um, to make you a strong devotee. There's the example of the gopis. They wanted to have Krishna as their husband. Right, so in this month of Kartik, they approached Goddess Katyayani, mm -hmm. who is a manifestation of Durga. So you can see here, they approached Durga, right, mm -hmm. an expansion of Durga. And they said, we, we desire to have Krishna as their husband. Mm -hmm. They went and offered prayers. And then their prayers were fulfilled because Goddess Durga wants to see them with Krishna, right? Hmm. Her master. Hmm. So we can see, like, uh, devotees can also go to uh, demigod temples if if required, for whatever reason. But one doesn't think that the demigods are independent. If we think the demigods are independent of Krishna, then that is offensive. Hmm. That is a materialistic understanding. And we don't go there to ask for material benedictions. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a devotee can, please connect me with your master. Mm -hmm. And then that is, that is fine. So, if your family, if all those traditions are strong, you don't need to disturb them. Uh, as long as you're strong, you can, you can go. You can mm -hmm. go in that flow. So, if we are, so the, the takeaway point is, if I have to ever go to demigod worship because of the family traditions, this and etc., I can go there and ask, that I should advance 
in, in the Krishna consciousness. Correct. Yeah, that would Correct. be the best. Yeah. yeah. And say demigods mm-hmm. as part of the Lord. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. That that is the correct understanding. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. You can off we can even offer obeisances. Well actually one should offer obeisances to demigods mm-hmm. if you go to temple. Why not? Yeah. They are devotees. Yeah. Like we offer obeisances to devotees here. Uh, why so shall we accept their prasadam as well? If it is without onion garlic, yeah, don't yeah. see any harm. Like which is offered to demigod and then we can accept that one. The Devi. We we uh, we accept Krishna Prasad mm-hmm. um, as as a principle. In those particular time, place, and circumstance, you have to make the best decision. Mm-hmm. Every time, place, and circumstance is different. You have to be the judge. Yeah. Okay, okay, Prabhu. Thank you, Prabhu. Mm. In some circumstances, might be favorable, but we others might not be. So you are the judge. But we, we eat prasadam, that is, uh, we eat food that is, as a bare minimum, it's vegetarian, it's without onion, garlic. And you can offer it to Krishna if it hasn't been enjoyed before, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Jai. Um, yeah. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Okay, thank you very much. Granthraj Srimad Bhagavatam ki jai. Srila Prabhupada ki jai.
Ende. 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 Ende.